another episode of Previewing the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. Got a lot to get into today. Going to recap last week's setback at Air Force. Also going to look ahead to a marquee matchup this weekend against the number three passing attack in the country in the Fresno State Bulldogs. But before we do that, I got a very special guest joined right now by Jeremy Moss of Mountain West Wire. Jeremy does a great job of covering the conference as a whole. Going to get his perspective on how things are shaking out in the league so far this year. But before we do that, that's the Wyoming-centric podcast. So, Jeremy, give us your overall thoughts on the Cowboys through five games. Well, you can sit at four and one. It's always a positive. It, a little shaky start, Montana State, and the uh, needed to hold off NIU. But, man, scored 50 points. Who would have seen that the past, what, five, ten years for Wyoming? So that's uh, – there, there's been some – a few things here or there where the close win versus – like UConn, stuff like that. But overall, the offense, I think it's sort of coming to its own because we know at the new OC, they want to kind of throw it a little bit more than years past. And they kind of doing that with Sean Chambers. It's working well enough to be four and one because clearly the defense is leading the way like it typically is and what everybody expected. Xavier Valley running the ball pretty well, like he always does. It's a passing game that's opened up a little bit. That's um, It's been good, but not probably not what they expect. But it's also a new type of deal, so you wouldn't expect it to be shooting off right away to be perfect. Like the NIU game early on was pretty good, but then I don't know what happened to the defense that game. They held them off. But overall, I think they're on the right path what they want to do. People weren't – there's some people like, well, they're 4-0, they're 5-1 now sitting at what they're – or 4-1 at the moment. Their record because who they played, but it doesn't matter. You're winning. You crush Ball State. It's a pretty good team out there in the max, so – I think overall it's getting closer to what they want to be offense, which is always kind of the deal with what I'm going to be a little bit better, at least more balanced. So that's kind of where sitting at they're good, but well above average defensively offense. It's um, it could depend on the weekend for me on their offense, I would say. Right. And we'll, we'll dive into a little bit more Cowboys Fresno state action at the end of the interview. But, you know, first things first, you know, something I do every week now throughout mountain West play is, release my weekly Mountain West power ranking. So I'm going to run through it right now. And you tell me, you know, once I give it to you, you know, where I'm wrong, you know, maybe where there (laughs) should be some adjustments and all that, you know, started off, I've got Nevada one, San Diego state two is kind of a clear cut top two in the conference that has sort of separated themselves. Then after that, I go air force, Boise state, Fresno state, Colorado State with a couple of uh, wins the last few weeks, Wyoming, Hawaii, San Jose State, Utah State, UNLV, and then New Mexico wrapping it up. I know UNLV doesn't have the win yet, but in recent weeks, seems like they've been a little bit stronger of a team than the Lobos. Um, so you just heard my rankings. Where do you disagree? Where do you uh, agree? What are your overall thoughts? Uh, we have our staff what I'm pulling up here. Not yet. I think Utah State might be touch low, but the league's so deep like air force is really good like boise state's win last week for BYU. like they didn't play amazing they were plus four but their rushing attack was slightly better hank bachmar was okay like he didn't have the yardage but top two is clearly i think i have san diego state we our staff has san diego state nevada either those are interchangeable because they're both that good nevada's offense obviously much better but Utah State maybe touched low. I agree with UNLV just because Cameron Frail, if he's a starter, he's been playing pretty well the past couple weeks. He's getting things done with Doug Brunfield not out there. Um, Air Force is probably where they should be there. Our staff overall is in fifth. It's, I think I put them third, but it's it's interesting to see what they'll be because the Utah State loss is kind of peculiar because that defense is pretty good overall, but they gave up what, 49 points in that loss. That's kind of a anomaly, I think, and we'll see when they play Boise, but not too much. I have Utah State a touch higher, but 
that's about it, really. Top two, pretty much what everybody else has, either Aztecs or Wolfpack. Air Force is closed. Fresno, we'll see. Jake Kaner has been a bit hurt. We'll talk about that later with the Cowboys matchup. But I like their offense just so good. But Ronnie Rivers hasn't been as well as people thought. He's been good, but not like that elite running back. And the defense is hit or miss, but you can mix and match all these teams anywhere because we have Hawaii ninth and like San Jose State 10 at the bottom, like those teams there. And then you have CSU who's like, they were literally terrible in South Dakota State and Vanderbilt. And then they somehow turned it around, beat Toledo, hung with Iowa without two of their best players. Like Dante Wright's still not playing. So that's like their best receiver. He's not out there. Running backs injured. I'm not sure if he'll play this week, but their defense finally stepping up. But I guess the only thing maybe Utah State touched low, but because they got the two of the best receiver or Devin Tompkins might be one of the best receivers, him and Jalen Cropper from Fresno. Calvin Tyler has been pretty good outside of the BYU game, but that, that's about it. But overall, it's like you can probably mix around five teams and throw them in a blender and see what happens because Utah State beat Air Force. Air Force beat this team. Like it's all, all over the place, it seems like. But there's, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. After those top two, the top two and bottom two are pretty much secure. Like Hawaii beat Fresno State, so what do you want to say? And then, and then it's it's interesting how it is, but the top and bottom are set, but the middle, like three through ten, could be, I mean, maybe three through three through eight probably could be anybody. Yeah, definitely been an intriguing league to follow uh, this year, to say the least. You know, uh, for you, just kind of looking at uh, how things have shaken out through, I guess, what we're getting to the midway point of the season right now. Who would you say has been your biggest surprise in the conference, and then maybe your biggest disappointment as well? Uh, I'll go disappointment, San Jose State, because part of its injuries with – well, it's only two games with uh, Nick Starkle not playing. But I knew they wouldn't do what they did last year. Seth knew in the regular season, win the conference title, lost a bowl game, partly because a lot of the players were injured or COVID-type stuff last year and coaches. But their defense has been okay. Like Cade Hall, who was the – I think he was preseason player there. I know he was defensive player there last season. He is not doing anything near last year offense. I guess losing receivers like Bailey Gaither – and Trey Walker have been a bigger hit because they only have two guys, Isaiah Hamilton and Derek Dees, tight end, who are doing good. Like if you look at what they have, like catches, it's those two guys and basically maybe a third guy down the road. So their, their drop-off was expected, but not to what they're at right now. I know they're three and three, and historically Spartans, like, oh, they're three and three. That's pretty good for them at the moment for what's going on over the past decade. But they're really big disappointment. I thought maybe eight to four, but what they have left is tough. But surprise. I'll go with Fresno State, not just because they beat UCLA. That was a pretty good game because UCLA is a bit better than what we thought. But their offense has just been way better than anybody thought. Like Jake Kane, like, oh, he's a pretty good quarterback, but he's arguably better than Carson Strong right now for what he's been putting up and his injury thing. Like I was saying, like, had say, I was thinking about this the other day because it's like, oh, you got the, not that he's going to Heisman, but it's like, oh, I got these great moments and stuff. If it had been like Jaden Daniels of Arizona State, he'd be like the Heisman front runner after what he did for UCLA, some kind of above average quarterback going down injured, chucking the ball to get a victory of a pretty good team. But the Hawaii loss wasn't really his fault. A lot of tips and, and bad interceptions are great plays by Hawaii's defense to get going. But I, even with that loss, I put them as a surprise for just kind of how well they've been playing, like putting up a lot of points. But then again, if you look at their schedule, I'm like, if you really like, okay, they beat UConn, whatever. Probably could have beat Oregon, they'd lose. But then Cal Poly and UNLV, it's like outside of UCLA when they don't have a, a ton, but their offense is scoring so many points. Like Jalen Cropper is an amazing wide receiver. I think he has eight touchdowns. They're probably most surprised because I kind of felt they would be behind San Diego State, behind Nevada, and kind of in that mix with um, at least preseason-wise, Hawaii, San Jose State, and themselves, and they're clearly above those other two. 
Right. And, you know, you mentioned Jay Kaner and Carson Strong a few minutes ago. Um, you know, I think in my opinion, those two are probably your front runners uh, for Mountain West player of the year so far. But kind of looking at the rest of the field, who are some other guys that you think could be in the mix for that honor? It's hard to say Jalen Cropper, even though he's so good. But when you're when you're, when you're on the receiving end of those catches, it's like with Romeo Dubs last year with Nevada. He had so many 50-yard catches, but who's throwing the ball to you? So that's tough to say. I was looking at, like, if you want to look at it, the Mountain West is typically a good quarterback. No other quarterback really is in the mix. Like, I think Bachmore is doing okay. But I could see maybe – if you look at Sadiq Daniels at Air Force, just because what he can do running and throwing, that's kind of hard. It's more like a running back because what he does, if they have a pretty good record to go the rest of the way. But a non-quarterback, Cropper would be up there. But again, if he's catching the passes, running backs are super deep in the conference. It could be Brad Roberts, the other guy from Air Force. Uh, Greg Bell, if he has a huge season, he already has 500 yards and five touchdowns. Is he even valid? He's always amazing what he can do running the ball. It, probably those three running backs would be in the mix possibly up there, but it's tough. It's probably going to be a quarterback, but yeah, those other couple of guys might be the three or four guys I mentioned could be in the mix for it. It's just a hard, if you're receiving end of those catches, the quarterback's going to get it clearly, but as you think Daniels could be an interesting pick if Air Force goes like 10 and two, but then one of those guys, Brad Roberts, Greg Bell, Devon Valaday, all, if they have good seasons, but running backs have to probably have what, at least 1500 yards and like 15 touchdowns minimum to be in the mix. Cause I believe the Mountain West only Donald Pumphrey, at least recently, him and Richard Penn are the only ones to get offensive player from not quarterback from the past 10 years, I think. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Hazeek Daniels. He really impressed me last weekend with his ability to throw the ball, and obviously we know what he does running it. I think, you know, in my opinion, it's probably going to come down to those three quarterbacks, and especially, you know, if one of those teams is playing in the Mountain West title game or at least having a really strong year, I think that could be the deciding factor on who it goes to. But, you know, looking ahead to this weekend, Wyoming has a chance to pick up its very first conference win of the season against the talented Fresno State team coming off a rough loss, but they uh, it, it's going to be an interesting one. You know, Cowboys have top passing defense in the country, or I mean in the conference, and then Fresno State number three in the country in passing offense. It's, uh, it's going to be an interesting one for sure. What are your overall thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, that's the biggest point. Like best offense in the league basically against one of the top two or three defenses overall. Because well, I mean, what, four and a half yards of play, just about only Aztecs are better, I believe, in ever in per play. So seeing what Hayner can do, I think what the big difference could be, because we know who can catch the ball for Fresno. Hayner, Ty Jones, a transfer, has been pretty good in there. Just not a ton, but he's been out there kind of impressing more than people thought. But I think for, if you look at the Fresno side, for at least the, those two matchups, Ronnie Rivers, typically, if I remember a couple years ago, that Vegas bowl game versus Arizona State, he had like 200 plus yards catching and receiving last year he's not quite there but i think if they get him going for what they want him to be with the dual threat he could be pass catching and running that's going to go a long way because if fresno fresno could be one dimensional probably win this game throw way more than they pass in a, a an okay or a decent rushing attack as well i mean it'll be tough but i think it could be done but if they're going to get it they're going to need to do both things to keep well i mean kind of respect every aspect of the game because if they're going to throw okay we'll Maybe they'll just like, you know what I mean? Like not blitz all the time and just let them into play zone or they'll, they can pick what they want to do if, if they force Fresno to throw a lot, if the running game's not going up to par and, but the one we defense, like they have p- multiple pick six for touchdowns, probably a defensive player of the year with uh, coming up possibly if all of their linebackers, and everybody they have, but I think that's going to be the key aspect of Wyoming can, which I think they can, it just depends if Fresno can break through 
that defense is going to be the reason stopping Jay Kaner because I guess he's sort of fully healthy. I don't know. It's been a couple of weeks. Like he probably shouldn't have played the UNLV game. And then last week, if you look at Hawaii, did, Hawaii was a lot of, uh, or yeah, get, let's get my hand up and tip a pass or receivers dropping the ball. It's kind, they're kind of unlucky in that sense, but Wamu's defense is way better than Hawaii. And so if they're like plus two in this game, like if it's three, one turnover margin, something like that, Wamu can win the short field. But then again, what we see with Sean Chambers, like they throw, like I've been kind of saying, like I know they want to throw more because when I think of Wyoming I mean, with Xavier Valley, just run, run, run. He's amazing running back within the conference the past couple of years. My feeling is that not that Wyoming, I mean, if this, if you can tell me this comparison is wrong, but I think it kind of makes sense. They don't need him. They basically want him to be what like Christian Chapman was at San Diego State essentially a couple of years ago. Go like 10 of 15, 190 yards, a touchdown or two, don't turn over. But Chambers can run probably for at least 50 to 60 a game or somewhere in that range. I think that's what Wyoming should want to do. They don't, they're clearly not going to go out and throw 25, 30 times, even though they want to sling it more. But I think they need to have him be like 58% passing, maybe 15 pass attempts and not turn over. That's why I think they, that's the best chance to have the win because that means the running game's going well and they're passing well enough. Again, to keep Fresno State honest because – Chambers is a fine quarterback at throwing. Nobody's going to compare him to being some elite quarterbacks chucking down the field. But if he can be above average, not turn it over, and if Valley goes, well, I think that's all could be done. But it's going to be a tight game. This might be – I think this could be, like, not just going to chat with you, but potentially, like, the best game of the weekend. This and, like, Air Force, Boise State should be pretty good. But I think it's just going to come down to if Walmart's defense can – it's simple, slow down Fresno's passing game or Fresno can break through. And then a little bit of Sean Chambers – you don't want to see him go like six or 14 or something. Cause that means things are going bad. Yeah, I agree with that assessment. I think for the Cowboys, the best case scenario is you establish the running game. That's kind of your primary mm-hmm. focus. And then you're using those passing plays with chambers, you know, whether it's play action to take deep shots down the field, or you get in those two minute situations where he's been so good and kind of air it out then. But I, uh, I, I would agree with that overall assessment. I guess my final thing for you, Jeremy is uh, put you on the spot here, but what's your <laughs> score prediction for Saturday? Score prediction. Uh, I, I, the weather's not super cold because I'm out here west with you. It's a little chilly today, but not snow weather, nothing crazy to make it wild, which would be fun because those are always great games to see. I think I think Fresno will get it, but it's going to be close. I'm going to say it's only three and a half points. Like the over-under is pretty low at 54. I think it might be – because I don't know if Wyoming can keep up. That's the only issue with them. Even though NIU they put 50 points, so I can't really say that. But I'm going to go like – probably 35, 31 Fresno state, something pretty close, but I think there'll be a decent amount of points just because I think Fresno can move the ball enough. There'll be enough opportunities for the way Fresno likes to move the ball and score that one would have a chance to counter. And I think they can do well enough because the Fresno defense isn't all that good. They're just okay. And so that's why I think Wyoming with Valley can run it up a little bit. And, but I think it'll be, yeah, somewhere on there, but basically whoever gets just about 30 is going to win, but I'll go 35, 31 Fresno in a close one. You just heard from Jeremy Moss of Mountain West Wire. Make sure to follow all their content at MWC Wire on Twitter. Jeremy, really appreciate it. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks a ton. All right, now as we do every week, going to close out the show by giving a quick recap of last week's game as well as looking ahead to the Cowboys' next showdown. First, looking at Air Force, biggest takeaway of the game, a few things stand out. Obviously, I think the offensive offense's lack of production is kind of the – prevailing theme all scoring occurred in the final three minutes of the first half sean chambers held below 40 percent passing first time under 56 percent all year long but really if you look at it the thing that i might be most concerned about for the cowboys 
is the rushing attack or lack thereof against the Falcons. Went for 114 yards, but you have to remember 74 of those yards came on one carry from Xavier Valade whenever the Cowboys were backed up against their own goal line. So if you take that away, the Pokes only averaged 1.5 yards per carry on their other 26 rushing plays. So going to need to clean that up. Didn't really see the dominance in the trenches that the Cowboys showed during their previous three wins. So that's something you want to see get cleaned up. Also need to clean up the pass protection a little bit. Sean Chambers was sacked four times. Got to look back, but that has to be close to a season high. So I would honestly say, you know, obviously you got to get the passing game going, but for a run first Wyoming team, I think the biggest concern might be in that rushing attack. So have a good chance to rebound this weekend. Air Force, one of the toughest defenses in the conference, but then again, Fresno State isn't a slouch itself on the defensive side of the ball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Looking ahead to this weekend's game against Fresno State, My biggest key to victory, and it's something that Wyoming coach Craig Bull mentioned in his weekly press conference on Monday, the Cowboys got to get pressure with their front four. You know, they're going to mix in some blitzes, some linebackers rushing the quarterback and things like that. But if you look what Hawaii was able to do successfully whenever they beat Fresno State 27 to 24 a couple weeks ago, The biggest thing they did was they were using a lot of seven and eight man coverages and really just getting pressure with three or four guys up front. They ended up getting the quarterback three times. Jake Hayner, who's number three in the country and passing right now, one of the early favorites for Mountain West Player of the Year. He committed five turnovers, so very rare setback. Some of those plays weren't his fault. Some of those came on dropped passes and things like that, but that's kind of what comes along with whenever you're able to drop seven or eight guys into coverage because of how much pressure you're getting with the defensive line. That means you have more guys back at the linebacker and secondary spots that are kind of there to corral those tip balls, step in front of slants and things like that. So for me, I'm going with the key to the game being the Cowboys, being able to get pressure on Jake Hayner using their defensive line primarily as their quarterback rush. Now, as we do every week, going to close out the show with my final prediction for Saturday's game. I'm going with the Cowboys again. They led me astray last week, but I have a good feeling that they're going to be able to get back on track this weekend. I think the fact that they have the number one passing defense in the conference might be being overlooked a little bit. Uh, So I think that's going to be a big factor. I mean, you could make the case that this is one of the toughest defenses that Fresno State has had to play all year long, especially whenever you consider how much they pass the ball and how successful the Cowboys have been at stopping the pass. So I think that's going to play a key part. And then I also expect a big day from Sean Chambers. I think especially with the setbacks last week, kind of came in with a little bit of a motivation to kind of prove the doubters wrong. And also it's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a local uh, touch for him this weekend. Grew up about 30 minutes away from Fresno State. Bulldogs were one of the teams that recruited him, but ultimately decided on the Cowboys. So definitely an interesting storyline to watch and also got a feature on him coming out in Saturday's paper. So make sure to read that. Kind of takes a look back at Sean's growth as a leader, you know, the confidence that his teammates have in him, as well as his journey and following in the footsteps of fellow California Central Valley product Josh Allen, who starred just a few minutes down the road from Sean at Fireball High School. So going to be a good one on Saturday. I'm going to go with Wyoming 28, Fresno State 24 and a close one. I think as we've seen in a lot of the Cowboys games this year, it's going to come down to the final minutes. And in clutch time situations, there's been few teams in the Mountain West 
better than the Cowboys. Three game-winning drives in games where they've been presented that opportunity, and we could very well see that again in the final minutes on Saturday. That's all I've got for you today. I'm your host, Josh Criswell. You've been listening to Preview in the Pokes. Also, make sure to download, listen, and subscribe to the YO Sports Podcast. And go to yosports.net for all things Cowboys. Ride to the brand.